back, guys. How have you been? Good. You're going to be a regular on Monday, starting next Monday. But we wanted to have you on this week because I want to know where did your model? I was I, a buddy of mine said where's that thing? I had suggested that he look at it. He said where did it go? And I'm like I don't know. So I'm asking you where did it go? Where are you going with your model? Because I think people like it. Yeah, so I made the business decision to take it off the hockey news just for a number of reasons. And the probably the biggest reason is because I, in probably not my right mindset, decided I was going to make a website slash mobile application for like iOS and Android where people could actually view it and sort through it, um, build sort of their own bets. So there's going to be an analysis component of it similar to sites like Evolving Hockey, um, Domless Chision with The Athletic, but then there's also going to be a betting component to it where it's going to tell you kind of what the most likely things are, what the expected overs and unders are, things like that. So I've I've kind of taken it in-house because I am building this application and I didn't want it floating around the internet while I was doing that. So I'm in the process of doing that and I've I've decided kind of as I build it, I'm going to make some more stuff public and just kind of post it on my Twitter. So that's where you'll have to find it until I launch the application. So, so like, it sounds exciting, but it sounds daunting. Have you like, did you think this through? I, so I did think it through. I just, I didn't realize, cause I know how to code, which is how I ended up with the models. I didn't realize that there's such a difference between coding applications and coding models. So the website is, going to be launched before the application. And I've actually had to hire somebody to do the application side of things because I, there is not enough time in the day to learn how to do that (laughs) while also simultaneously upkeeping the NBA, NFL and NHL models. Yeah. So you, you, and I get that because you, you are, uh, you, you, you see the game a little differently, and that's a good thing. So you've got a great analytic mind, and the math obviously follows. But one of the things that I'm really looking forward to talking to you about weekly are things like what you said in regard to a Mike Kelly tweet. He talked about the the Kings were down 2-1 halfway through the third period. They got a goal called back on an offside challenge. 64 seconds before the goal, there was a there was a offensive zone sequence by LA and ended up going back and then you said, quoting your tweet, 6% of the period was played between the time of the offside and the goal. The rule has to change. If it isn't a direct result of the entry or the defending team gains possession at any point, nullifies a review. Something has to give. I agree with you, but the the NHL is like an established church. Things take a long time. Your, 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 your tweet was correct and the the mike kelly tweet was absolutely correct i think intellectually we understand that and we have gone way too far with the offside anyway but how do you how do you crawl back or claw back when you have an unwilling group of 32 who basically have a monopoly on the league yeah it's tough um i look at a similar scenario in soccer where um with var Right. The the stipulation is it has to be clear and obvious. Okay. Well, if we're taking four minutes to review something, it is obviously not clear and obvious. So let's just move right along. We don't need to be getting out a magnifying glass for things. The reason that offside became reviewable is because of the Matt Duchesne absolutely egregious offside. That, by definition, would be clear and obvious, and it directly resulted in a goal. It was a breakaway that he subsequently scored on. Okay. Well. If 6% of a period is played, there are so many instances that if, 
like to me, I look at it and I, I say, if the defending team touches the puck, that's it. Because that's their opportunity to clear it. And if you can't clear it, that is your own problem. The other thing, and I probably think this might be the, the easiest way to go about it, is you take away the ability to challenge offside. And you just say, we're going to review every goal that's scored. And if it's not clear and obvious immediately on the entry, we're going to let it stand. Because what we don't need is people taking out magnifying glasses and trying to use a parallax angle and this and that and the other it's just, it's a complete waste of time. It elongates games and it's incredibly frustrating. This. And it yeah, will call you I mean, I get why people want it, but at the end of the day, Ryan this rule wasn't Garcia. made Ryan. for that. It was made for the Matthew Shane level of which years in this can business. be seen with the naked eye in, in the, the ring. <laughs> so I say we leave it there. 28 years I agree. in the ring. And this is why my, my overlapping point one is thing about we end up with, with, with officials making up rules on the fly. I'll use the Kale McCarr goal in the play. Playoffs, uh, um, two years ago, as an example, the the uh, man, a we're parsing the blue touch. line you to know, the point where it has become the game, is, and the game uh, of hockey is suffering because of it. And and even the the learned people who watched the game for years. I have a hard time with some of the, the nuance and the wrinkles because they're adding the, does, the rules themselves, if you read them, are vague you know, enough that you can shoehorn damn near anything into it. And I think that's part of the game. But your solution, which I really like the, the one where where you just, every goal is going to be reviewed and not, you, can't, you, know, you can get mad as hell all you want, but it's going to be reviewed and if it's not obvious. That works because it takes control out of the on-ice officials and I think they've got enough work to do. Yeah, they can barely manage to call consistent penalties, not even manage. They don't call consistent penalties. We'll be kidding here. So I think you have Chris King and then whoever replaced Mike Murphy, I don't have the name off the top of my head, who are consistently in the situation room every single night. They're the guys that see every goal go in. Mexican Every goal is subject to review. And, you know, if we can't tell that, that it's clear and obvious you know, within 10 the seconds, the by the time basically Man, they hug, the goal horn goes off, and they go by the bench, then, then the goal stands. Kind of thing. Because I think that this, this whole charade with, I mean, we have to change the blue line now. It's like up and down to the ceiling, and we've got to do like reviews for this, and reviewing the netting, and like there's so many things. And you just lose people. Like imagine trying to explain to somebody who's new to the game. Don't think so, but last night. Well, that play had nothing to do with the actual goal that was scored. That would be the equivalent of, like, in the NFL, if a ref missed a penalty at, like, the 40-yard line, and then, like, three plays later at the 10-yard line, they scored a touchdown. They're like, oh, hang on, that actually doesn't count because we missed something over there. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, just take it out of their hands. There's enough going on. They can't even manage what is on the ice right now, so let's not add anything else. Rachel Dory, our guest from Staff and Graph Podcast, as we continue, Rachel doing my prep and me just reading her tweets. Yesterday, you talked about the Leafs should sign Ethan Bear, reduce the number of assets they need to trade to acquire NHL-capable defensemen, and remove any potential of an asset overpayment. This, I think Ethan Bear is like in a really sweet spot. He probably should have a few teams looking for him because if he's healthy, he's a free defenseman who can play and won't cost a lot because he wants to show what he can do. And in a high profile market like Toronto, that makes complete sense to, to me. This is a, this is a real no brainer. The, I, I think if Kyle Dubas was there, it would have a better chance to happen. But Bear, Bearford in Toronto is a really good idea based on what they're looking at right now. Well, if you look at it right now, they just announced that Mark Giordano is out week to week with a broken finger. 
their top six defensemen hurts my feelings. It's Riley Brody, William Loggison, and Jake McCabe, Simone Benoit and Connor Timmins, and then Max Lajoie is the seventh. There are, by my count, three NHL defensemen in the Toronto Maple Leafs lineup. And for a team that is supposed to be contending for the Stanley Cup, that is very not going to cut it. And if you look at Ethan Bear, even when the Leafs are healthy, there's an argument to be made. I mean, I saw Ethan Bear a lot. He was somebody that I virtually begged the Canucks to acquire when I was there. And, I mean, they actually eventually ended up doing it. But you look at it, he's arguably better than defensemen that they have when they're healthy. Like, Ethan Bear is – he can play spot duty in a top four role, and he most certainly is a better bottom-pairing defenseman than almost any NHL defenseman in the league. And so when you look at this, he's going to want to go to a situation where he's going to get to play immediately. He's not really going to have to fight for his lineup spot. And Toronto is that. He becomes immediately their fourth-best defenseman right now, given health and even after that. And so when you look at somebody like Ethan Bear, you can get that guy for free – and not pay for Chris Tanev, Nikita Zadorov, whomever Matt Dumba you would have to pay for, I think that there's probably an increased market for him now because of the injuries. He might be able to command more than the 800 some odd thousand dollars but he's not going to command more than a variable salary of like 1.125. And so I think that's a scenario where if you're the least, you can offer a pretty good situation in terms of not only playing time and the opportunity to get in and really show what you want for a longer term contract going into next year, but also you're playing on a contender. Rachel Dory, our guest staff and graph podcast on sports 1440. Okay. Here's the one. The owners are looking for a goaltender, uh, either uh, like a backup or a 1B to Stuart Skinner. Jack Campbell has had three good starts, 944 save percentages in the last three games. But for over a year now, he's been not trustworthy, and there's a little danger there. So they were watching, they had scouts watching the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Montreal Canadiens last night. That's Elvis uh, and also Montembois. But maybe it's another goaltender in, in one or the other system. How do you, what are the odds that you're going to pick a guy from another system who's going to be superior? Because it feels like there's a, a, a few top end goalies, there's a large pool of reasonable starters, and then it's kind of, you know, different shades of gray. Is there any way to drill down on NHL goaltenders or minor league goaltenders and, and at least improve the odds of getting a guy? Yeah, I think if you're in the Oilers position, you can ill afford to be spending assets on mediocre maybes, is what I like to call them, in goal. Goaltending has been a problem in Edmonton for as long as I can remember. And if you you owe it to those players, specifically now that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are producing at the clip that they're producing at, Connor McDavid is well on his way to another Art Ross if this keeps up. And there's no reason to think that it shouldn't because he's just – he's producing and it's pretty sustainable. I think if you're the Oilers and you're making a trade for a goaltender, it needs to be a bona fide one. If you're going to expend any assets at all, you need to be getting somebody like UC Soros. You cannot be going out and getting a middle of the pack goaltender because you don't know if they're going to be a better option than Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner. And then if you've done that, you've hamstrung your ability to use those assets to potentially acquire something for in front of them. And so I think if you're going to expend any assets on a goaltender, if you're Edmonton, it's got to be you're expending the big one, which means the first round pick and Xavier Borgo. And 
probably something else, and you're getting a bona fide starter. Now, of course, they could have avoided this by just simply drafting yes for Volstead a couple of years ago. But he's not going to be up for sale. I, I think if you look at this, um, there's a scenario here where I think they go after Marc-Andre Fleury. I wouldn't be surprised. That's probably not the player that I would go after. I think they need to aim a lot higher here. And if they're going to expend any assets at all, it's got to be Soros or somebody of that ilk. Otherwise, just stick with the status quo at this point because there's no guarantee that you're going to get anything better. And at least if you don't spend, you still have those assets to spend on something else. Marc-Andre Fleury, eh? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't had a good year. And I, it's you can tell it's kind of rocky in Minnesota right now. And I think that that's just... I don't say it because I think it's a good idea. I say it because... It's something I just – it's a name that I just keep hearing. Yeah, and uh, his last good year was was with Vegas in 2021. Like, the, you know, it, nothing against him, but he's not a he's not a difference maker, as you say. Exactly. And I – like, let's, let's call it what it is here. Minnesota is the seventh-best defensive team in the NHL. If Marc-Andre Fleury has a sub-900 save percentage behind that, what on God's green earth would you think – <laughs> that he would have behind the Edmonton Oilers defense, who is really not the seventh-best defensive team in the NHL. Rachel Dory, you rock. We'll talk to you Monday. Sounds good.